0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Amen. Is anybody having fun besides the preacher today? good. I'm not alone. Let's turn in our Bibles to Isaiah 60. And we've been talking about the way of victory, but today we're going to go ahead and uh, inject something else in here. It may be a one-time message. It may be a series. It may be all these uh, series do hook together kind of like train cars. You know, they're like totally uh, hooked with other subjects. We're not just pulling something out of a whole new universe here. But I wanted to talk to you today about what leads up to a great, powerful, revival move of God that has signs and wonders and miracles and healings in it, and just amazing things happen. Angels appearing, you know, glory clouds coming in the auditorium, people leaping out of wheelchairs, blind eyes opening. This is something God wants as long as there's people that are hurting in the earth, all right? If, if, if we've seen these healings and miracles stop, it's not because He wanted them to stop, people's faith for these things have waned, and He's not been able to do these things like He wanted. But I want to talk about revival proceedings. We all love, this, don't you love the books on Azusa Street? John G. Lake, Mrs. Newsom, Kenneth Hagen. I mean, don't you love the books, John G. Lake? Don't you love those books that talk about great moves of God? We're amazed at the insane are getting delivered in meetings. I mean, people are floating out of wheelchairs, bones popping, getting straight in midair, landing perfectly. I mean, I, the, the, we, we read about things. That were, they're awesome. They're wonderful. But I was prompted to the Lord to focus on what leads up to that. Anybody interested in what leads up to meetings where everybody's sick gets healed nobody's even prayed for? Anybody interested in what leads up to meetings where your preacher's preaching, all of a sudden he's disappeared, he's gone. Translated somewhere else. And then comes back 10 minutes later. Right where he left off. Anybody interested in angels doing more for you? Appearing, if need be. Anybody interested in the powers of the world to come being in demonstration in our earth today? See, Jesus told a very rich person one day whose son was sick. Jesus told a prince, a nobleman. He said, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And God loves people so much that if that's what it takes... He'll produce some signs and wonders to get their attention. We're living in a generation right now, there's all kinds of people. The only thing that's going to break through the crusty lies and deceptions of the devil is power coming on the scene real, infallible proofs and real, notable miracles happening before their eyes. Now, I'm not saying all are going to believe when that starts happening, but a lot of them are. They're so bound with materialism. They're so bound with the distractions of the age, deceitfulness of riches, lusts of other things. It's going to take some power to get some people's attention. And we need to contend for the faith that makes way for this kind of power like our forefathers did. There's all kinds of things. See, you need to watch out for the devil in this area of him bringing good things your way. Anything but the most powerful life-saving things you could be doing with your time. Satan knows he's got to time-release things into your life. You'll just resist it and say, that's the devil. He knows he's got to bring his wickedness in slowly so people don't slap it away. You need to realize that you you, you not only need to be on guard for wicked, evil things, we need to be on guard for good things that are holding us back from the greatest things that we could be doing with our time so this great revival can come into the church like it's supposed to. Anybody ever hear the word revival? Most people think when they hear the word revival, they think of lost people out there somehow just coming into the church, crying at the altar, and getting saved. Actually, revival is not for the lost people. They need an awakening that without Jesus, they are not okay. I pray that at times for people that I know aren't saved. I don't pray, oh God, just comfort them. No, I pray God, shake them up. Make them see how terrible in shape they are without Jesus. Because if they don't realize the bad news, they're not going to be interested in the good news. And the bad news is, in Adam all die. Whether you like it or not, you're on a road to hell and the only way off is Jesus Christ. Well, revival is for the church. See, we have been alive. We have been on fire and in love with our first love. We have been saved. We have been excited. We have been zealous. But a lot of times, after a few years, especially if you're not going to a good church or you're just too, too much in the world, you're going to get to a place where you're dead again. Not spiritually dead, not lost, just dead to the plan of God for your life. And you're going to need to be awakened and you're need, going to need to arise from the dead. Not, not to the point like you needed to be born again, but just out of that stupor of being dead to what God's doing in the earth realm. Paul said in the Ephesians, New Testament, awake you that sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Well, the church needs revived. Revived. Carla used to work in the emergency. Or she worked with emergency room victims at times in the hospital, and there's times they'd have to get the defibrillator and revive people because they were dead. They needed revived, and there's settings on this machine from one to probably what five or ten. But one was like pretty mild, and a lot of people would come back to life when the setting was on one, and they'd come back to life. Some people were so dead, <laughs> they weren't just mostly dead. <laughs> They were completely dead, all right? <laughs> and so they have to turn that thing up and they go, and it leaves burns on them. But they come alive. It just it had to be turned up a little higher. I don't know what notch the defibrillator has to be on for the church. I hope it's not 10. I hope we can get revived with the one click. How many want the one click? (laughs) I want the one click. But hey, if that's what it takes. If that's what it takes, that's what it takes. And I need to show you from the scriptures, the word revive and revival is in the Bible. And what it simply means is the church stirring up the gift that's within them, getting serious about the things of God, not just doing what's convenient, not just if we have time, making God our entire life. He's not an add on. He is our life going all the way for God, looking to him like you've never looked him, praying like you've never prayed, repent, turn from sins, get the life cleaned up, only do what's pleasing in God's. Outside. Do everything you can to get your life right where it's supposed to be with God because that's our part in revival. Isaiah 60. I want to show you here that the stage is set in our country, in the Grand Valley, in Grand Junction, in our lives. And The stage is right now set for a mighty move of God. And when I say mighty move of God, I'm talking about miracles, healings right before your eyes, people who've been in wheelchairs for 30 years jumping out and dancing all over the altar, yeah. blind eyes opening, cancers falling to the ground, uh, ushers have to sweep them up and throw them in the trash. We're talking, this is, the, we the days are upon us. Time would fail me to mention all the scriptures that have to do with end time revival just before the rapture of the church. You know what I'm talking about, the rapture of the church? The Bible says the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Those that are already with the Lord will get their immortal body first. And we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. That event's about to happen. Who's going up with me? All believers are going up, especially if you're looking for His coming, right? Um, that's events. Just before that event, Jesus said, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the world, and then the end shall come. So we have a job to do. And I got this in the twilight, just, just waking up this morning. and The Lord started revealing to me that um, there's a, we can be the generation that ushers in the, the, the coming of the Lord. We can be the generation that hears the trumpet saying, Come up hither. We can be that generation. But the Lord said, if you're not, I'll use the next generation. Because right now, everything is set. It can happen anytime we want. Right now, it's set. If the church does its job now, we will be that generation to see the rapture. If we don't do the job, the next generation will. But God's saying, this generation, everything's set. All that's left is the church getting ready and doing what they're supposed to do. But the Lord spoke to me, said, Son, in the third day I will raise you up. That, that could be the next generation or our grandkids or our great kids. I want it to be our generation. Yes. I want Jesus to come soon. I want the rapture to happen soon. And whether you realize that, the Bible says in Peter, 2 Peter, it talks about believers speeding up the day of God coming to the earth. Yep. How can we speed up His coming? How can we hasten the day of God? What does that mean? It means we have something to do it's kind of like this. God said, I'm going to come in the third day sometime. Well, I'll show this to you in just a minute. We're in the third day yeah. in Bible prophecy. One day is with the Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. We're in the third day. It can happen any now. But that third day is about 800 more years. Right. I personally would like to hear the trumpet. Yeah. Anybody would like to hear the trumpet and not have to die physically? Yeah. Anybody like just to be caught up change in the twinkling of an eye, this mortal putting on immortality? Yes. Anybody yes. interested in that happening in your lifetime? Yes. Anybody? Well, We're going to, we're gonna have, to we're gonna have to go for it. Yeah. I ask myself, you know, quite frequently, Lord, we're the same church that they were in the book of Acts. We're the exact same church. We call them the early church and us the latter church, but the same church, just a different time. Same church. There's not two churches. We're part of the same church. I said, Lord, what did they have that we don't have? I mean, you know, we're praying and we're believing scriptures. We've heard teachings on faith. we got the Bible. What, what, what are we praying? What, what, what do they have that we don't have? He goes, well, one of the things they had was a lot greater consecration and a lot less distractions of the age. And I actually put on my notes, and, and I was thinking about this because we've taught on this before. Um, another thing they had was Persecution. If you're really analyzing what they had and what we don't have, here's another thing they had. Heavy persecution. I mean, martyrdom. I mean, people are, Christians are being beheaded, pulled apart, you know, burned at the stake. And I wrote this in my notes um, because I'm thinking, well, okay, we want everything they had. But I'm not so sure about this persecution stuff. (laughs) Can, can we see a great move of God without this kind of persecution? I believe the answer is yes. It's just we're going to have to do it for love. Because yes. the, the only other greatest motive I know to help the church get its act together is our great love for God and people. Yes. Right. I, I, I'm hoping that we don't need persecution. And so I put on my notes here. Is persecution the missing ingredient? Mm. Now, I used to think that if the right person is not elected in November, it's going to be hell on earth, <laughs> okay? But praise God, no evil shall befall me. A thousand may fall at my side, 10,000, right. but I just shouldn't not be there. Um, but then I got to thinking if the right person gets elected, it may be pretty bad too. <laughs> it could be worse than it is now. There's some crazy people out there. Just, there's some demon possessed people out there. They're growling. I mean, if they haven't snapped, they're about to. And it's sad to be so upset over something so earthly. I think one of the reasons some people are silent and they don't fight back is because this earth doesn't mean as much to some people. Our minds are on heavenly things. Don't get me wrong. I want the right person in office. But I've already got a king. He's not up for re-election. Totally protects me and takes care of me prospers me and keeps me healthy. So no matter who's elected physically, it's not going to shake me because my life is not all wrapped up in earthly things. It's so sad to see some people so just mentally disturbed about what's going on right now. It's like, chill out, man. it's It's just the earth. I mean, why would we be so upset about something so fleeting? Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to vote for the right person. And you know, if we all hear from the Holy Ghost, we'll all vote for the same person. That's right. um, and we are the greatest force on the earth. I mean, you think of Amazon, think of Google. It's nothing compared to the church. Yeah, that's right. Come on, you think of Amazon, you think of Google, you think of Apple, you think of whatever. It's not even close to as big as the organization of the church. And if we'll just get it together... Pray, seek the Lord, put aside Democrat, put aside Republican, and just be Christians. We'll change the whole face of this country. That's one of the things, and I said this in the early service, and and if you don't agree with me, that's fine, because this this is just political stuff, but one of the things that is in place for Great Revival is we do have a king, you know, president, I should say, um, it's, it's the closest thing we could relate to a king, you know, the most powerful man in the world, President of the United States of America. Uh, we have a president right now who is wanting to stop the abortions that everybody knows wouldn't have to happen. You know what I'm saying? I got to thinking the other day, how many babies have been aborted since Roe v. Wade? And I was thinking, how many of those babies... I wonder... I bet one of those babies had a cure for cancer. Mm. Yes. I'll bet one of those babies had some inventions that would have blessed the world ten times over. Some of those babies would have been amazing people in this realm. And friend, listen, if anybody in the sound of my voice has had an abortion, we love you. Jesus loves you. I did a lot of crazy, weird things before I knew the truth. And and I'm not condemned about them one bit to this day. I hurt a lot of people. I did a lot of terrible things, but I'm not condemned about it because the blood of Jesus fixes everything. And we are not condemning anybody for having an abortion, but we aren't condoning abortion either. I mean, everybody's sinned. Everybody's messed up. Everybody's done things worthy of hell and death and whatever. But that's in the past. It's not what you've done. It's what you do afterwards that counts anyway. But, and you know, God told Israel in Hosea 13, He said, oh, Israel, you have destroyed yourself. But in me is your help. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? So, um, So I was thinking about how the stage is set for revival. One of the things that's set is we have a man in office right now who actually wants to reverse this terrible abortion thing. Yeah. And wants to reverse it. And, and I, I, don't, I haven't heard him say, just, I'm actually stopping at 100%, but he's going to reverse some things and it's going to be the wisdom of God and it's going to be powerful. And one man... Had a visitation of Jesus recently for five hours. I've had a visitation of the Lord before in my office and the Spirit of God came on me so strong, the Holy Spirit. I just wept and wept and wept and got such revelation from the Lord. Wrote it all down, preached it to you guys a few years ago. This guy, I don't even know his name, but I don't have to even know him or know his name because the Spirit of God will tell me in here if it's coming from heaven or not. What he said he got in that visitation. And the man, one of the things this man said, and I don't even know this guy, but it, it witnessed with my spirit. It's really cool how you can know if it's right or wrong and not even know the person because yeah. the Holy Spirit will tell you if it's right or wrong. Right. And it witnessed with my spirit and I saw it in Scripture and he said this man had a visitation. The Lord said, the Lord said, if, if President Donald Trump, I'll just go ahead and say it because that's, if President Donald Trump gets reelected, he will be able to reverse this abortion thing. Amen. Roe v. Wade. Yes. And he said, the Lord told him in this visitation, when that is reversed, one hour from that reversal, a curse will be lifted off the United States of America. Amen. And I got to thinking, wait Lord, what curse? He said, shootings. Crazy airplane wrecks. Are you following me? What, what, what another thing he was talking about, a curse being lifted up. What was it I said at last service? Do you remember? The Holy Spirit started interpreting saying these things started when some of these bad decisions were made and they will stop when these bad decisions are reversed. Yeah. Yeah. When prayer was taken out of school, to, to, you know what I mean, prayer, it was, it was not easy to pray in school after not, the 60s sometime. And then the whole abortion thing and then the shootings and then the terrorism and then the Twin Towers and then this and then that. Oh, I know what he said. He said, he said when this thing is reversed... And I'm I'm, I'm sensing I got this in my heart. He said there will be, right after that, a natural cure for all cancers. Now, we can be healed of cancer now by faith in Jesus, faith in His Word, but he said there's coming a natural cure because some people don't have time to build their faith Mm -hmm. and they need something quicker because it takes time to build your faith in some of these areas. And and I just thought, wow, if that's all going to be lifted one hour after, that's amazing. You know, I, I listen to our president sometimes, and I think, man, I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have said that that way. But I like what he stands for. Yeah. Yeah. I like what he stands for. Yes. He, he, he did something. You know, you, know who, you know, Jesus came through Israel. He came through the Jewish people to be here on this planet. I honor those people. Yes. I mean, just for that very fact right there, I will always honor Israel. God chose him, I choose him. Yeah. <laughs> God said they're worthy of my son. Come on. I I, I believe it. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. (laughs) Amen. And Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. All the time. I don't even know if he's saved. President Trump got the embassy in Jerusalem, didn't he? I mean, he did it. It seemed to take so long. (laughs) Boom. First year, bang. You know. That's cool. And you know, somebody said, you know, pastor, um, people coming to church, you know, they don't know, don't know if they want to hear you talking about politics. They want to hear the word of God. Uh, newsflash. Daniel 10 is all about politics. Romans 13 is all about politics. First Peter chapter 2 is all about politics. Talks about how to deal with the king and governors and ordinances and, and this and, and the double kingdom principle and the king and the natural, the prince behind the scenes. The Bible's full of politic talk, yeah. politics talk. Politics talk. It's all over there. There's a lot in the Bible. Actually, if you read Daniel chapter 10, and I won't go there right now, but if you read Daniel chapter 10, Daniel was prompted to do some uh, fasting and praying for like 21 days. He knew there was something wrong. Something needed to be prayed through. Something wasn't quite right. Israel was in trouble. Some things were coming that need to be, you know, dealt with. And he's praying and praying and praying and, and fasting and praying for 21 days, And this guy was like a high-level politician, Daniel was. I mean, he was sought after. The presidents and the princes, you know, I mean, he was up there. He had 21, he got 21 days from him. He had to make time, just like we're going to have to do. He made time, he fasted and prayed for 21 days. And it said in 21 days, all of a sudden, an angel appeared to him and said, Daniel, from the first day you set your heart to seek God and to understand Your prayer was heard, and I've come for your words. And 21 days later, he said, lo, I'm here. He said, the reason it took 21 days is because there was spiritual warfare between heaven and earth, and I had to wait for Michael, the chief prince, to come on the scene and take care of these demon spirits in the heavenlies so I could get to you with some revelation from heaven. So always remember this. Delayed prayer is not denied prayer. Sometimes you just gotta stick with it believe God. And the angel came on the scene and he said, I've come for your words. And so he got the revelation that Israel needed and great things happened. Some of the things were even still to happen in our future that he was talked about in Daniel 10 thousands of years ago. Isaiah 60, are you there yet? (laughs) Isaiah 60. The stage is set for major revival. Now the church just, just needs to do a few things for it to come into full swing. Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise and shine, God says to his people, for your light is come. Now, arise is an action word. It means rise up higher in the things of God. Come up higher in your consecration to the Lord. Come up higher. Be more filled with the Spirit. Go the extra mile. Don't just do these things if it's convenient or if you have time. Rise up! Rise up! rise up. We want great, over-the-top signs and wonders. Maybe we need to have great, over-the-top consecration to the things That's of right. God. Right. Maybe we need to analyze all our involvement, see what's unauthorized, delete it, have more room for God and His things. Am I talking too fast? Arise and shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Next verse. Check it out. Darkness shall cover the earth. Gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon you, and His glory will be seen upon you. Next verse. It says, The non-Christians will come to your light, church people, they're going to be attracted to what's on our lives. And kings, our celebrities, are going to come to the brightness of your rising. Next verse. Lift up your eyes round about and see all they gather themselves together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters shall be nursed at your side. They'll feed with you on the word of God. And the next verse says, and you shall see and you shall flow together. And your heart shall reverence and be enlarged because the abundance of the people, a mass of people, C means a mass of people in Bible prophecy, shall be converted unto the church and the forces or the wealth of the Gentiles will come to you. Alright, the stage is set. Did you notice that before this can happen, darkness needs to cover the earth. Gross darkness, the people. Anybody see anything gross happening? A casual glance through Facebook at night will show you some gross things happening right on the videos there. Is there darkness on the earth? Is there gross darkness on the people? You know what that tells me? It's revival time. Yeah. It is revival time if we arise and shine. Yes. For our light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. Gentiles shall come to our light. Kings to the brightness of our rising. Church, you need to realize, oh, there is another realm. There is another realm going on concurrent to this natural realm. And it's very active right now with angels, orders from heaven, things happening because of people praying in the spirit. Things are happening in the realm of the Spirit like never before. The end of all things is at hand. It's about, to ha- it's about over. A few more clicks. It's over for all of us. This thing is about to wrap up and we can be the generation that sees the catching away of the saints. But we're also going to have to be the generation that gets this gospel of the kingdom to all the world. Then the end shall come in these times we're living in, you're going to have to have a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other hand. You're going to have to be out building the church with one hand and a sword, warring off temptation in the other hand. It's like this in the end times, man. I mean, just like it was in the days of Nehemiah. You're building with the trowel and you're resisting with the sword. You're building with the trowel. I mean, the Bible says in the last days, evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Jesus said in the last days, because iniquity or perversion shall abound, the love of many is going to wax cold. The Bible talks about lust in the last days being at an all-time high. The Bible talks about in the last days some shall depart from the faith, listening to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. The Bible says in the last days difficult, dangerous, perilous times shall come. Men are going to be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but they deny the power to get free. And they accept all this stuff that God said you shouldn't accept. And the Bible says when those people turn away, didn't say don't love them, but he said turn away from them. Because okay, right. you don't want to be hanging around people that are accepting sin by saying I don't have power to overcome this And when they do. There is, there's power to overcome anything. Yes. Can I get a witness? Yes. So the stage is set. What if I told you revival was up to us? Responding the Lord saying, it's revival time. Turn to Hosea 4, the prophet Hosea, Hosea 6, I'm sorry, Hosea chapter 6. And I've already mentioned two things that I believe confirm that the stage is set, that the time is now. Number one, we've got a king, our president, that's got some major decisions on his agenda that will lift a curse off this country and greatly bless the church. Interesting. Um, and please, I'm not pushing a party. I'm not. All I'm saying is I see this. I, I have eyes. I am. Um, I just, I don't really, I don't need the news to know what to do. You shouldn't either. We should be walking close enough with God, hear things firsthand and make our own decisions. I don't need to hear somebody else talking about somebody else. I hear people firsthand. And I don't want to watch all these videos of them doctoring them up either. But here's another thing that will show you the stage is set for an amazing move of God. In Hosea chapter 6, look at verse 1 through 3. The prophet said, come, let us return unto the Lord. Anybody think that's a good idea? (laughs) Just because you were with the Lord one year doesn't mean you're with Him now. There is a thing called backsliding, but I have good news for you. You can front slide. All right. So come, let us return unto the Lord, for He has torn and He will heal. He has smitten and He will bind us up. Next verse. After two days, God will revive us. In the third day. Now now listen. After two days, and in the third day is the same thing. Mm -hmm. Do you understand that? After two days, Would be you're in the third year. And in the third year means you're in the third year. (laughs) These things happen together. Are one just just barely before the other. And then when he says the third day he will raise us up. Rapture. And we shall live in his sight. Well we're already living in his sight. What's he talking about? He's talking about geographically living in his sight. We're all going to be in the realm of the spirit with immortal bodies. Now, did you know the only people in heaven right now with a flesh and bone body are Jesus, Enoch, Elijah, picked up in a chariot bodily, and probably Mo, <laughs> probably Moses, yeah. because the devil and the archangel still the devil's still disputing about the body of Moses. Where's the body of Moses? Where's the body of Moses? Come on, I have. I, 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 where's the body of Moses? And, the, and the, the Michael just said, "The Lord rebuke you." <laughs> so there's there's four people in heaven that have a flesh and bone body. Everybody else has their spiritual body, and the dead in Christ will rise first with their immortal body. But they're already in heaven. They're just getting their immortal body first. Right. They're rising with their immortal body first, and then we which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And don't get the second coming mixed up with the rapture. Two different comings. The rapture, we meet him in the air and go back to heaven. He receives us and takes us to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The second coming, his foot touches the Mount of Olives and there's an earthquake. And the king is back. The landlord has arrived. Yeah. And and the evil tenants are going to be evicted forever. Woo. And they're going, be, they're going to be cast into a bottomless pit for a thousand years. And there's... there's, there's, there's people right now, even in hell. That's not their eternal abode. Their eternal abode is when they're taken out of hell into the lake of fire. And the only people that are in hell are people that rejected the only way to heaven. God didn't have to send somebody to hell who's already on the road to hell. If they don't get off the road, Adam put them on. They'll stay on a road God doesn't want them on. That's their choice. And don't think you have to be wicked to go to hell. We just read in Psalms, in our daily Bible chapter reading, it says the wicked shall be turned to hell and everybody who forgets God. Just forget them. Just just think you don't need them. Just ignore them. Just live your life and end up in hell too. Because it's not about being bad that takes people to hell. It's about not receiving the only way to heaven is why people don't go to heaven. People need to realize is God's not a mean God. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. It wasn't prepared for man, but man will go if man rejects the only way to heaven or just forgets about God. Hmm. got just had some lights go out? I think we just had those lights over there go out. Interesting. I must be preaching powerful today. <laughs> Look at this guys before we close. Um, The next couple, okay, so did we get to verse 3 there? Next verse, verse 3. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth, God's going forth is prepared as the morning and he shall come unto us as the rain, the latter and former rain unto the earth. So this is really interesting here because he's comparing him Coming to the earth in powerful signs and wonders with how it rains. Well, it doesn't just rain. Something happens before clouds form. Something happens before there's thunder and lightning. Something happens before water comes out of the clouds. There's a preparation. Actually, meteorologists will tell you rain coming down is 100% dependent upon something coming up from the earth. Well, he's saying this in the area of signs and wonders coming down, miracles and healings coming down. A powerful move of God coming down is in relation to what's coming up from the people of the earth. And it's called setting the atmosphere for miracles and healings. When the atmosphere is right, it just rains. And so there's a preparation. Do you know the greatest move of God this planet has ever seen was when Jesus turned 30 years old and got filled with the Holy Spirit in the River Jordan? the greatest move of God started and it lasted for three and a half years and a little longer after in the book of Acts. Um, But it lasted and it's the greatest move of God. Did you know that there had to be preparation for that move of God? Come on, you remember Matthew 3? There was a man named John, right? Spent a lot of time in the wilderness praying and seeking the Lord, found where he was at in the Bible. One crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John's message to get the church ready for this great move of God was repent. Yeah. Bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. Okay. And how many of you know the Lord is merciful? But he can't forgive us for something we're not honest about. And I'm not talking about being honest with the entire world about every sin we've ever committed. That's stupid. That's crazy. But... To God, uh-huh, 100%. To a couple other people, most probably. Get that secret stuff out. Get that stuff cleaned up because more prayer is not all it's going to take for the election to go well and for revival to happen. Prayer can't take the place of turn from your wicked ways. Prayer cannot take the place of repent and believe the gospel. Prayer can't take the place of getting out of unbelief and into faith, getting out of sin, into holiness. Prayer is wonderful, but we can increase prayer to the umpteenth level. If we're still operating in certain lifestyles in certain ways that's messing with our faith where we can't believe for this revival, we still won't see revival. I'll I'll go as far to say this, too. I personally don't think that the election will go right just because we vote and pray more. It's it's, it's a a little deeper into it, the warfare, than that. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take voting right. And it's also going to take something invisible happening that only God can see called repentance. I'm not saying every single believer on this planet has to repent, but there's a racial that has to be met. There's a remnant that has to come forward. There's got to be a remnant for this thing because... I'll tell you, there's enough evil forces right now at work in our nation. We could all vote right and, and, and the right person could be like twice as far as head. It'll still go the other way because of evil forces that have their grip on so many people who can do terrible things with this election. It's going to take voting. It's going to take prayer. But it's also going to take turning from anything that we know we shouldn't be messing with anymore. That's right. Two areas of repentance. Number one, stopping the stuff that we know is wrong. And repenting from not doing the things we know he's been dealing with us about doing. Yes. Increase of prayer time, uh, more involvement in your church because how much it needs you in these last days. There's a lot of people to take care of and we need a lot of believers to help us to do that. Yep. We and a few others can't do it all. It's, you know, it's really interesting, but um, when they really got things in order in the church, you know, things started to multiply even more because they were ready for more growth. And it's going to take, you know, stopping wrong. It's going to take starting good, changing things. You just, we're living in a time right now, you just need to put all your involvements on the altar and say, Lord, there's a lot of good stuff there, but is there anything you want me to cut back on so I can have more time for revival, more time for the things of God? I'm really looking forward to October 4th because I believe from now till then, the Lord's going to help us to get some things ready to where we're going to see some powerful things happen when Mark and Trinor are here and the anointing on their life. We're going to see some amazing, supernatural, glorious, wonderful, healing, delivering things happen. And it's, a lot of it's contingent upon us being ready when He does come. Last scripture I want to go to before I let you go is Acts 19. Acts chapter 19. So it said after two days... Oh, let me explain this just a little bit more as you're turning to Acts 19 and we'll close here. But when he said after two days he will revive us and the third day he will raise us up and we will live in his sight. Let me quote you a scripture out of the book of Peter, Second Peter. It says, One day is with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. Time is totally different in the realm of the Spirit. I mean, what is time if you're the beginning and the end and there's no, there's no end? What is time? I mean, it's just a little thing on the wall or something. But, one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years are as one day. Well, when he said after two days, he'll revive us in Bible prophecy. He's saying after 2000 years and the previous verse said that starts after he heals us. Well, Jesus coming and taking our sins and bearing our sicknesses by his stripes, we were healed. That two days started after Jesus rose from the dead. After two days, he'll revive us. Two days would be 2,000 years from 2,000 years ago, which would be 6,000 years basically from the beginning of time, yeah. right? And it said after two days, he'll revive us. So really after the year 2,000, because the Old Testament was 4,000 years, New Testament's 2,000 years, he said that's when, the re- that's when he need to be expecting the revival of all revivals. After two days, he will revive us. After 2,000 years from Christ, he will revive us. And in that third year, or third day, he will raise us up. So revival, after you know basically 6,000 years. And right after that, we're raised up. And right after that, we live with him in his sight. We rule and reign with him for 1,000 years on the earth. And then after that, praise God. <laughs> right? So that's, you need to see that like that, I really believe. We need to catch that because this is the time we're living in. Finally, Acts 19, if you'd please look at just about three verses here, and then I'll let you go. Not like you're in prison or anything, right? (laughs) Verse 18 through 20. Acts 19, verse 18 through 20, it says, many that were seeing these things happening in the church, many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds, Many of them, which used curious arts or magical books, brought all this paraphernalia together, had a bonfire, burned them before all men, and they counted the price of what they'd burned. And it was millions of dollars of paraphernalia. Things that were idols in their life. Things that were involved with witchcraft and divination and all this stuff. The Passion Translation brings us out really cool. I don't know if we have the Passion Translation, but it said they brought all their magical books and all their Black Sabbath records and (laughs) 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 oops, (laughs) Brought all their roach clips and their pipes (laughs) (laughs) and their needles and and all their whatever. and, And they burned them all. Why? This was revival time. I mean, this, the, the things that happened just before this, you should go home and read the whole 19th chapter of Acts. It's not that long. Some amazing things happened just before this. And all these people said, that's it, man. I'm not hiding my sins anymore. I'm, I'm messed up. I don't care. I want mercy. I confess my sins. I've been involved in this. I'm just going to throw this in the bonfire. Just, just people coming clean, just coming clean, repenting and coming clean. And they were free. The mercy you get after you repent is so much bigger than any problems you're being honest may have produced. Do you hear what I said? The mercy that comes to you when you repent is way bigger than anything your honesty may be stirred up in the natural. And we talked about that on Be be Real, Be Free a while back, a really set free message. So I wanted you to see this. I really believe it's time for the church to repent and just kind of keep connected with the church throughout this week and next week. Because we might be making some posts on Facebook or sending you an email through our email system about some things we're sensing we need to do in our hearts. I don't know if we're going to have a bonfire. We might. Um, But I, I remember when I took all my album anybody anybody remember records vinyl anybody remember vinyl back in the day there was nothing but vinyl I got all my Black Sabbath records all my ACDC records all my Judas Priest records all my whatever records um, just got them all and I just started snapping them. I'm a musician I mean these were like some of these were rare I got it like uh, um, uh, what's that place um, in New York City a big record shop. But anyway, I got a lot of, risk. and I just said, and the Lord said, son, don't, don't, don't go sell them at budget tapes and records. Don't go sell them at Mazuka's. Get rid of them because you don't want this stuff going in somebody else's ears. And, and I said, but Lord, I could sell them and put the money in the gospel. He says, I'm bigger than that. I can prosper you some other way. Get rid of this stuff so nobody else is infected by it. So I'm breaking records, pulling tapes apart, burning what I can burn, getting rid of all this stuff. Because I realized, I just this was there was stuff attached to this. I had to get it out of my life. Revival's happening. That's one of the reasons I'm still here today, is because thank God the Lord helped me to see go all the way. Go all the way. I never really sought this position that I'm in now. I just, going all the way led me here. No, I didn't have to push no doors down, didn't have to manipulate anybody. It's just still going all the way for God, and I happen to be a pastor today. Let's stand up. Let's stand up, church. If you want the Lord to lift you and to help you and to raise you up into these places we've been talking about, just say these things with me. Jesus, Jesus. I want everything you have for me. I I believe your way is the best way. way way. Expound. Expound. Continue (laughs) to teach teach. me about these things. I want to be right in the middle middle. of your glory, your your protection, your your presence. your power. Help me to get ready, Lord, for the days that are just ahead. Help me to be a part of the great move of God that's happening and about to greatly happen. Show me, Lord, what my part is, and I'll do it. With your help, I'll do it. And the revival will commence. Many will be saved. Healed and delivered, and we thank you for letting us be a part of it. Thank you, Jesus. Now, before I let you go, if you're not saved, if you're not born again, or you're not sure that you're born again, just say these words because it's a salvation prayer and you can be saved right now through this prayer if you really mean it. Everybody, say it in support to those that may be praying it for their first time. Say this Jesus, I believe in you with all my heart. I believe, the son of God. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe God the Father God raised, God. You the raised you from the dead. You were resurrected. We were resurrected. Death, death couldn't hold death. you down. Death I believe it happened. Believe a, real event. a real event. And now I say, now I say from, my heart, from my heart in faith, in faith Jesus, is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And now Father heart, according to your own word Because of praying this prayer from my heart, I am saved. I'm free. I'm on the road to heaven. I'm in your hands. Nothing can pluck me out. I'm your child forever. Thank you for it. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Thank you for listening to today's podcast.